Welcome to the Smoke and Rope Podcast, the show that brings together Michigan's top cannabis growers, advocates, and business owners to offer a fresh and honest perspective of Michigan's cannabis industry. Stick with us to get the lowdown from the people who have been on the ground floor of cannabis business in Michigan and gain insights into where the industry may be heading. Welcome to the Smoke and Rope Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Basor. And today we have on two returning guests, Kyle Miller with Easton Craft and Chris Silva with Redemption. Thanks for coming on, guys. Ooh, thanks for having us, man. Yeah, thanks for having nope. us. You got it. Episode 83. We are fastly approaching the century mark, so um, stay tuned for some exciting announcements on that. But uh, back again, Tom Beller at Relief. What's up, Tom? Nice, uh, you know, normal Wednesday up here. No sunshine, but uh, <laughs> it's always shining in the grow rooms this time of the day, though. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Nice. It's a nice place to be. Oh, yeah. Kevin, over at True, what's happening, man? Not much. I hate to rub it in Tom's face, but I was just outside, and it's a beautiful sunny day right now. All the snow's melting off the, the roof and running into the building, which is always a challenge. But that's that's fine. I'll, I'll deal with that to get rid of the snow because uh, I'm over it. But, um, yeah, just grinding like usual, and I'm um, excited to have Kyle and Chris on the show. Um, we always have a good time when they come on, so I'm looking forward to having some some heated discussions about different things. It's always a good time. <laughs> All right, heated. I like that. <laughs> So wanna, um, I'm going to give a dual introduction a little bit with Kyle and, and Chris. Oh, they've both been on the show. Uh, I actually met them both about the same time uh, with uh, MI Legalize and, mm-hmm. and the politics. And both were, you know, Chris was the uh, first, uh, was it the, uh, what was your official title? Was the right? treasurer and campaign manager. Campaign manager, yep. Matt, Matt yeah, spent some time when I was... Uh, Maybe not supposed to be where I was at, and it was fun downtown and working on legalization. And then Kyle was, uh, you know, I think Kyle, like you, had been real busy uh, getting uh, also people uh, registered to vote on on campuses and mm-hmm. uh, programs to learn about that. And then, you know, legalization. And then uh, both you guys jumped in the market, and uh, uh, you know, whether it be with. Uh, immediately with Kyle was with Meds Cafe um, when they mm-hmm. launched did a great job as a buyer brought them a lot of cannabis so I guess um, I would say uh, legitimacy and then also with Sensi and then now is with Easton Craft uh, 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 can- Provisioning Center then Easton Craft Cultivation so he's founder mm-hmm. and um, operator of both so uh, awesome to see you back on in this role and then uh, obviously Chris uh, managing over at farmhouse for a long time chris and i have uh talk on the phone talk about the market so this is just kind of what we usually do and now chris is i had to look up your title before the show chris i didn't even know what the title <laughs> is so he's the account manager uh at redemption so we're not <laughs> real big on titles but uh no it's going great we're having uh it's been it's great having you aboard but uh two things we're going to talk about um we're going to have you guys kind of talked about chad watch which you guys announced on the telethon but then also the market right now and and what's going on it's it's gotten wild out there and uh it's it's definitely time for we talk about that so why don't you, uh, chris why don't you lead off tell us about when uh, Ch- what chad watch is and when it's coming cool so uh chad watch is definitely like the smoking rope um pretty industry industry inside baseball type stuff you know and uh 
for people that don't know, Chad is kind of a, a pejorative for somebody who is coming into the industry who's not necessarily a marijuana person. Maybe they're just uh, the money guy or per money person. Um, and oftentimes these chads don't really have an understanding of our market, but they might have an understanding of, of business or just whatever they came from. And they oftentimes do what me and many others in the industry consider some of the worst behavior um, in the industry, like very, very profit maximizing. Um, and then just like the the air of entitlement on a lot of them is is pretty pretty hard for a lot of people i think who have been in the industry for a long time to handle because you know this stuff is uh this stuff's like it's a it's the long it's the long game you know and like many people are on different parts of the of the journey to get there and, and these guys kind of walk around like their proverbial shit don't stink and just uh <laughs> they put out like a lot of mids you know like a lot of not not the best stuff like they do a lot of the they're like pioneers in remediation tech you know what i mean and like um so they they it's it's not the best stuff for the industry but i'm convinced and i think kyle and i think you know talking with you guys um all agree with me that a big part of it the reason that they're able to to do this and and not really feel a lot of pressure is because i i'm not so sure that the average consumer knows what the situation is in general you know they don't know what what the practices are and what's going on and they definitely don't know how like this relatively small group of like highly capitalized individuals have been able to like run kind of like run this industry rickshaw just 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 based on their their capacity to 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 do shit you know like so they i'm pretty sure that the the answer is to give people the information and, and knowledge base and I, I think that's what chad watch will be is just kind of a place to look at the 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 worst parts of our industry the worst actors and talk about like how do we build the pressure to have consumers demand something better I think we need to update the Wikipedia page for Chad after yeah. that, Chris. That was incredible, man. Thank you for that yeah, definition. That, that was really, just like, hey, really well said. You know, it's Chad. <laughs> and, and no, and no yeah. offense to any Chads out there. This isn't no, directed at there's you. There's benevolent this, Chads. Yeah. That's right. Oh, that's there's right. all sorts of Chads. Like it's like when in the Forrest Gump movie, when when his buddy's telling them all the shrimp. You know, there's like benevolent Chads. There's cool Chads. There's evil Chads. There's bell tire Chad. There's like a whole bunch of them. You know. Bell tire chat. I love it. <laughs> I like it. So that's that's gonna be sweet. You guys are <laughs> both uniquely um positions to talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You've had many run-ins and you mm -hmm. know, been around in the industry since uh since at least fifteen. Uh so that's that's uh that's a almost a lifetime in cannabis years. Not quite, but it's getting up there. So when is this uh when's this planning on uh, launching and uh how we're gonna find it? So we uh, we're actually having our first like big boy production meeting on Friday, and we're gonna mm -hmm. lay out the schedule. We have an Instagram handle right now, the Chad Watch Podcast. Um, people should go and follow it, and we'll definitely drop updates on on when the schedule is. Right now, I would be optimistic; would be like a couple weeks. I mean, more realistic, three to four weeks. But then I think after that, we should have a schedule for production. And I think in the beginning, we're gonna do it every other week uh and then kind of just see how 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 that goes and um i mean there's a lot of news and a lot of stuff happens so i don't think we'll have a problem kicking it to a weekly format but i think for now we're gonna do every other week and i imagine since it's on the same streaming platform and everything as this show like people could find it the same way that they're accessing this right now is that i hope that's right yeah. i realize nate's not on the call to say yes but i think that's the correct answer cool yeah no that's uh 
It's awesome. Another great. Uh, oh, Nate says yes. That's right. Perfect. Another uh, another great cannabis uh, Michigan-based podcast out there. Uh, I'm sure there's a lot in other states, but you know, Planet Green Trees, Jazz Cabbage, uh, you know, Smoking Rope, uh, and many more have been doing it doing a lot. So keep them coming. Great, best spot for the information. Don't read the don't read the news. Uh, you're going to see a lot of paid press releases by Common Citizen, and uh, so watch watch the shows. But uh, that kind of um, that's awesome. Looking forward to it. But what we uh, what we wanted to feature on the show today, it's it's time to talk about the market again because uh, we haven't in a little bit, and it's gone wild out there. Um, each yes. one of us, each one of us has unique, op- or, I guess, uh, window view into it. Uh, I, I wanted to have uh, Chris and Kyle on because. Kyle has a grow and a store, uh, so he's got a very good perspective. And then Chris uh, ran a store for so long, talks to the retailers and is selling. So, um, Kyle, what are you seeing right now? So I have definitely seen uh, you know price drops over the past couple of months. Obviously, in October we have the large outdoor harvests all over the state, um, not just in the licensed market, but in the caregiver market too. So there's an overabundance of product that's available um, and that product uh, from the caregiver market uh, drives down the product price in the licensed regulated market. And so uh, I think as recently as two or three months ago, we were comfortable at, um, you know, 2000, uh, as high as maybe 26 for some of these guys. And uh, more recently, it's been closer to 14 to 18. And so uh, when you're talking $1,400 a pound, that's less than $100 an ounce. And uh, for some of these smaller productions, it it's interesting to, to, to I guess, estimate um, how long that's going to be sustainable for. Now, I don't know necessarily how soon the prices will, will go back up, but I do anticipate it taking longer than it did last year. Last year, we saw a little bit of a price dive right around the same time. Uh, but it was quick to recover when we when it when it got warmer and we got into spring and into the summer months. A year later, um, you know we're we're in the same position, but there's also more producers and uh, more producers that are in the rec market compared to being met only a year ago. And so uh, the the market has definitely changed. Chris, what do you see in as far as talking to your, you know, your stores, and then obviously you, you got a close connection with farmhouse, and like to like to know what the retail like on a retail side. The Grand Rapids is it went from you know you guys are one of the first two in town, and now there's competition. I know I know uh, watching stores make adjustments, but what's what are stores doing to stay competitive because it's turned into a retail war out there right now too. Yeah, no, for sure. The, the retail element has definitely gotten uh, has definitely gotten more intense. You know, I think that there's a there's a lot of pressure, right? And so I think that some of the first things that I've seen people do is is just dropping the dropping the price of the the top shelf. So, for example, in many places, um, like I've seen Michigan for thirty five bucks an eighth, thirty eight fifty. It's fucking that's insane. Um, like I, I used to buy this stuff for the store, so I know I know where everything is. And so I'm seeing a lot of like the a lot of the top shelf flowers. Just that's one of the first places, right? And so another thing I'm seeing people do is uh, more of a shift to the to the volume model. You know, like I'm seeing more like 
four, five for a hundred, six for a hundred on concentrates. That's um, how we're surviving right now, yo. Yeah, things like that. I mean, and the and the customer is getting accustomed to that, and so I think that there. So two things are happening. I believe that we're bringing people into the regulated market who have been in the legacy market for a really long time because we're competing. Like there's. There's stores in Battle Creek and Bay City that are doing six for a hundred live resin. And I bought some of it, like trying to preparing in my head to hate on it, you know, and it's not it's not the worst thing in the world. And it's, it's a really good value for for that. And so I think that there's a lot of people that um, they're bringing in those people from the legacy market. But at the same time, like this is really the customer is having like this. This is what they really want. Right. And so it's it's a it's good for it's good for the consumer. Like. I just think that they're going to start to just demand more and more of this and 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 kind of the the retail game is shifting to those consumers are spending those dollars at the operators that can give them that shit, you know, that can do that stuff, those deals at which they're kind of becoming accustomed to. On you know, that's I think that's I see a lot of that. And you know, I'm seeing I'm seeing the the, the stores that uh, have a grow or a processing too. I know Kyle we were talking a little bit about that, you know, when when things dipped in October, November, some stores were like, well, let's let's get the retail volume up, and now we're gonna be able to sell our flour at a at a at a lower price and drive sales. Like in Lansing, uh, homegrown and pure options really ch changed the game. Uh, they both have really good flour, and you can't. And they were selling. They sell their their flour for twenty five dollars an eighth in their stores. And how do you compete against that? Well, I mean, you have to be twenty five in Lansing to sell a lot of weed. Otherwise. Um, you're not going to move it. So we see the other markets like Battle Creek, Bay City. Um, now you're seeing, but you're seeing the border towns still demand high prices. Um, you know, 99, 98% of the, obviously the people are from out of state. Um, so we're still seeing that number hold. So it's pretty interesting watching mark to market, state to state. And then also when you see someone from a border town, go to uh uh say a, a battle creek and see the difference in what they got to do to survive it's 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 night and it's it's night and day but um tom what are you seeing um you know you've been doing this for as long as there's been the law so what's your what are you seeing yeah i mean th exactly what kyle was saying you know i mean that's you know really final seeing the market start to level off to where the customer and we are competing with the caregiver market and things become more standardized and normalized i i didn't expect it to happen this fast but it's happening and you know the idea is to be more efficient be better what you do and uh you know if you put out a product that is you know priced well you know you can still move volume and that's like you're saying people are going to the stores that can can give the deals and uh you know we're just making adjusting on our end the best that we can with our products and also diversifying the types of products that we offer um and not just bulk flour and trying to see different avenues uh switching things moving things into processing um you know that's you know, lower overhead for a grow and things of that nature so these are all shifts that we've been having to make anyway and so we're just you know being forced to move things in uh in different directions and you know it's about being proactive versus reactive these conversations have been going on for some time so we we're not super surprised but i guess the speed at which it's kind of seeking a level i guess is where uh you know it's interesting to me 
Got some, Kevin? Yeah, I wanted to jump in real quick. Um, you know, <clears throat> I, I really, really despise where this market's going and, and what's happening here. Um, I saw this happen in Colorado and it's the standard corporate operating procedure. And that is, um, you know, continuously improving. You gotta always be better. You always gotta save another dollar. You always gotta save another penny. Um, and what I'm seeing is people really evaluating their input costs on, on flour and seeing where they, they can eliminate costs. And I think that in doing so, we're going to overall see quality drop in, because of those reasons. You know, if you have to pump out as much product as you possibly can to be able to stay afloat because the, the price is so low, um, I just think overall that that's going to have a negative effect on, on the quality of flour. It, and when I was in Colorado for all those years, I couldn't have been more disappointed when I would fly back out there and go to dispensaries and try to source, you know, something that I was interested in smoking and just literally could not find anything that I considered, you know, good weed. And and at those places when I would stop into it, there'd be hundreds of people in line just waiting to pay $50 an eighth for that shit. And um, I just don't, I think that, you know, there is a race to the bottom here and there is a, uh, a price war thing going. And I just, I feel like, you know, people that give a shit about weed, you know, uh, like Chris had mentioned the Chads and the Brads and whatnot, you know, like the people that give a shit about weed, I think need to stand together and somehow figure a way to move forward in a fashion that protects the, the quality of the product and, and continues to educate the consumer so that their understanding of why there may be a little bit more cost associated with something that is more enjoyable to, to consume, in my, in my opinion, you know. Yeah, I think I think I think that could be done. And then, you know, I think in other markets, you do see the top shelf still fetch two grand to eighteen hundred um, and people that are getting maybe the, the top, top market won't have a thousand lights. Maybe their, their business is, you know, 200 lights. I don't know. But one thing that's putting so much pressure on the market is this is like the first wave of some grows starting to shut their doors or almost shutting their doors. The, the tax bills coming. Um, they're selling uh, flour for, for less than they have. And, um, you know, I'm already starting to hear about it. And, and, and people are reaching out. Places are for sale that um, are half as much as last year. So that is putting pressure, like desperation on some of these licensees, selling five $600 pounds of, of not that bad flour. Um, that's going on. And I know that's putting pretty pretty wild pressure on it. So I think... I think this happens. Some some of these groves shut their doors. We go through that. Sales pick up heavily in the spring with all the tourism coming, and I'm thinking we're going to have one more good uptick before uh, before the market le uh, levels out uh, next summer. Because um, it's going to dip again, obviously next fall. But I think it's going to think it's going to go up, and you know, I think everyone's going to have a, a. This is the summer. This is the year that. Um, you know, you get in as many stores, you get your brand going and, and you figure that out, I think, because after this, it's going to be, be, be tougher. Yeah, you know, um, you'd mentioned, you know, people going out of business, Ryan. And, and um, you know, uh, when I was out in Colorado and we saw regulation come through, we saw a real dip in um, in the caregiver market, the black market flower dropped in pricing. Um, and instantaneously, it was like at the time it was really Craigslist, but instantaneously there was like grow equipment just available all over the place. For, like you couldn't give the shit away. It was like, you know, uh, people would be just 
you know, doing the free curb alert thing, you know what I mean? And people be just racing over there to pick up things, you know, and uh, uh, recently in the last, you know, really since October, honestly, um, you know, I've, I'm in, a, in some Facebook groups and, and things that sell you know, equipment and whatnot. And it, in, in the market, it's just getting flooded with with gear. Um, and so um, here in Michigan, so, I, you know, we had talked about the black market having an influence on the regulated market's price because of the black market being so cheap. You know, you have to bring the regulated market down to compete. You know, it's the same thing with uh, with the gear. You know, if you see a bunch of gear for sale on on, on Facebook and, and, and Craigslist of, of people just trying to get out, I mean, it's gotta make sense that that, that same thing's gonna happen in the regulated market. And some of the stories we've already talked about with these outdoor grows not being prepared enough, not having freezer space, not having any dry rooms, you know, and, and just liquidating uh, fresh frozen or whatever they can get out of what they've got. That's not a, a longstanding business model. So I think you might be right on that, Ryan. Yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely, um, it's definitely going to happen. Um, uh, you know, and I think, like I said, I, my personal opinion, and this is actually something I want to ask Kyle a afterwards, because he's kind of in the, in the weeds on this is I, I think this is going to be one of the best years ever, uh, for the state. And as far as tourism, uh, people aren't trying to get on planes as much and leave the country or go on cruises or, you know, just in general, you can, you know, if you smoke weed and you can jump in a car, drive 300 miles and, you know, and, and stay at a campground in Michigan or like that, the, the Airbnbs are about all booked almost for the year. The campgrounds are getting all booked up. Um, I think it's going to be huge. Um, but let's talk about uh, cannabis uh, events and tourism. Uh, what, what do you know on that, Kyle? And, and what do you have going on with, uh, with Sensi? Sure. Yeah. So now that uh, we're kind of slowly, I don't want to say moving away from COVID because <laughs> who knows when that's going to come back truthfully, but uh, things have slowly started to get back to normal. And so um, we're starting to see more of the events uh, taking place, licensed consumption events. And so with Sensi, we do have on March 1st, we're having a Mardi Gras themed licensed consumption event in Lansing at the Causeway Bay Hotel. I know that the Botanical Co, um, Rare, Exclusive Brands, and Empire Collective will all be vending on site. And so they'll actually have product uh, secure transported to the, to the event center, and then they'll be able to actually uh, dispense on site. And so that's something we anticipated to happen uh, kind of a long time ago, but it kind of got put on the back burner with COVID. Um, same with the consumption lounges. You know, if, if you had asked me a couple of years ago uh, in February of 22, I would have thought that, you know, there'd just be tons of consumption of uh, lounges opening and people hosting private events at these kinds of places all over the place. But uh, it's, it's been stagnant because of, uh, you know, COVID, COVID. People's, people's willingness to, to travel outside of their home. Uh, so uh, we're hoping for, you know, by this summer, maybe we'll start to see those places pop up more regularly, maybe get that Kalkishka Lounge up there rocking. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm excited for, for those kinds of things to take place because truthfully, once the, once the social lounges really take off, then we're going to see a lot more of those kinds of gatherings, not just big licensed events but even small events you know family you can you can go to a consumption lounge and i'm sure these places will operate under different kinds of rules for how they plan to make money but if you can rent out a consumption lounge with your buddies for a, your friend's 
birthday party or for a big football game or something like that's going to be fun and, and people are, are excited for those things to start happening yeah i was just there today actually and uh things are moving along we're uh yeah we're hoping for 420 we're pushing sweet we're pushing. but you know this covid world is fun I'm even hearing there's some of the festivals this year, like some of the, you know, the well-known ones in Michigan, they're trying to figure out how to have possibly some vending license on site, which would be um, awesome that that's happening. And then uh, what have you, have you guys heard of any, I know there's some campgrounds, but you know, one of my, my goals, like, I, I think you need like a, a cannabis friendly hotels, cannabis friendly Airbnbs. Um, is that, is that, have you, any of you guys seen that happen yet in Michigan? And then if not, you know, like when did it start happening in Colorado? I haven't seen anything advertised like that yet. You know, Ryan, um, I have, I've, I've seen just one recently that, um, I saw on a Facebook page that somebody had recommended said they were cannabis friendly. Um, but I don't think that they're doing, you know, any like official, kind of stuff like that and i never saw anything in colorado that was was geared towards that um before i left but i do know that there there are people that have kind of gotten on board since then all right well somebody do it make a bunch of money <laughs> i just thought an interesting model would be like a farmer's market where multiple provisioning centers or or even micro businesses can can go and people can shop in one place and try a variety of products they may not have access to and their uh, uh, you know the, some of the larger uh, you know companies. That'd be sweet, especially uh, you know some of the. the you could do that the with a consumption event license, right? You could have the yeah. event, and then they could uh -huh. apply and, and come there and. and sell it on site you, you probably couldn't do it as like regular as well you could it'd just be a pain in the ass uh you have to resubmit everything yeah you have to resubmit yeah. these these applications but you could you know that's that'll happen somebody you know that people will people will do that stuff um eventually i think like the my two cents on all of this is like what it's what sucks is it's like a catch-22 because the places where this shit would do really well like high heavy tourism places a lot of these municipalities have a really hard time getting their head around it because they're like, oh no, you guys don't get it. Like we're the tourism place. <clears throat> we got like all these families and shit coming here and, and like, we can't have, we don't want the weed thing necessarily. But I don't think they see that like the, the, the train on that has completely left the station. You know, like most of those families that are there, like at least one or two people in the family is like, man, I wish I could be doing this high. And so I, I just think that they're, <clears throat> we just have to wait for that to shift. And I think then it'll just kind of in Michigan, at least, I think it'll be a, uh, a pretty big part of the, the hospitality tourism industry. Mm -hmm. I agree completely. Yeah. Yep. I agree too. I mean, we used to always, a lot of people I know, we make a trip going to Amsterdam is, you know, every year, just, just for the weed. Um, if you just drive across the line and, you know, do it in Michigan. Uh, well, we got to get moving on it, take advantage of it uh, before anybody else, uh, you know, uh, other states get get ahead. So we got we got a huge opportunity here. Um, wanted to uh, discuss before we wrapped up. Wanted to talk a little bit, uh, you know, MCMA news, uh, things that are going on. You know, they uh, they were pushing really hard to to get the bill passed, and then the 
the Veritas scandal happened and that kind of threw a wrench and kind of the momentum and, um, you know, just because there was a lot of them that, you know, had, had all their weed retested and, and was caught up in it. But, and also Veritas was pushing those bills as well. So, um, but right now there's that whole scandal going on with, uh, with Lee Chatfield and being investigated and, and, you know, there's, they're starting to be pretty, um, well, I guess, well sourced. Com, uh, talk that uh, you know Linder's caught up in that pretty heavily. He's always called himself publicly the Prince of Dark Money in Michigan, and um, I guess we're going to see what what goes down with that. So I'm hearing those bills are completely stalled, even because of that too. So we got time. Um, we got time as far as uh, you know before they they push it hard again. But then um, this this election coming up, uh, there's going to be a lot of new people, and if the Republicans end up uh, taking, you know, uh, back control at least, uh, or keep control of the House and the Senate and all the new people. Um, who's going to be influenced? So we might be a year, year and a half, I think, before these bills get hit again. But um, yeah, that, that was my update. I just wanted to talk about that. What uh, um, it's just fascinating the, the politics and everything that's gone on since '16 and and how it came to be and how they became the first licensees, but. How's uh, any any thoughts on the band still and how that's going? Does it affect um, the way you buy it all, Kyle, and, and, and what you hear out there from other stores? So Chris? Yeah, so I mean, um, I think that honestly, the stuff that's going on with pricing is kind of for the retailers that are trying to not mess with those guys anyways, or maybe like it's a hassle, people, they get, they get bullied on Instagram or whatever. If you can buy, because <clears throat> for a long time, the reason that you would buy some of this MCMA garbage is because you could get it so cheap. You could exactly. do the hundred dollar ounce. You could you could do this crazy shit to to kind of like you know to do what we talked about to com to somehow participate in that race to the bottom without completely giving away the store, right? But now the the price the pricing race to the bottom has pushed everyone into that that position. So it's easier for these retailers to get, in my opinion, like a way more, uh, way more quality products for, for the same pricing or even just on straight market pricing below what was once considered a good deal for the MCMA mids, you know? So now it's, uh, so it should be easier, but I also think that <clears throat> on a certain level, like if there's sell through and if like certain, certain segments that they have or certain like products, like branded products with them, if they're with a multi-state or something like those, those markets are entrenched, you know, and that's why they got those contracts in the first place. And they're hard to, they're hard to to market correct. Like Juana, for example, is, is who I'm thinking about. Like they're a very dominant part of that segment, and it's very difficult to 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 chip away at that, even with the boycott. And it's my opinion. I think they still continue to sell everywhere I I, I go. 100%. Absolutely. No, I think you're right for sure. Um, you know, we, uh, months ago. Uh, that's kind of how people were participating with those uh, members of, of the MCMA is it was your way to get, like Chris had mentioned, cheaper weed. Well, now everybody's weed's cheap. So um, you can be a little more selective. And I think that, and I've never seen the bottom line of any of the MCMA businesses, but I would have to think that as other weed becomes cheaper, people stop buying their cheap weed. They uh they they're now at uh, twenty dollars or less in all the Lansing stores that you know that are carrying them. Mm -hmm. um, you can't who's who's gonna buy you know live well or 
flourish or terrapin when pure you can go get a pro girl eighth for twenty five dollars. Exactly. You know, it's it's insane. So Well, how much room there too, Ryan, then would there be for uh these these brands that they're representing, you know, and uh, you know, when you keep dropping price down and down and down, you've got investors to to uh to satisfy and uh you've got middlemen that are for the brands taking out uh some funds there. So how far can you go down? Yeah, and that's a good point because like they were so worried about this bill and the caregivers uh, because they need to keep prices up. That was the motivation. It's, I um, mean, that's that's it. Uh, and they were worried about the caregivers. Well, it just so happened the regulated market is a lot of growers. It's not a capped license, and um, you know what's going on in the market hit. So it, it dropped on them while they were trying to. You know, they were maybe they should have should have been worrying about getting a lot better. I guess and. You know, uh, you know that 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 would have been a lot of energy spent because there is a lot of energy, and, and that's what they they hear like that they want to sell the big the big funds the big you know public companies that would come in and buy. Um, they're being they're telling them that you need to get rid of the caregivers or we won't buy you. You know, there's there's a lot of those guys for sale that aren't getting bought. So um, what happens is at the end of the year is it this year next time some of those guys go under or implode and the REIT takes over? I don't know, but um, it's going to be fascinating, fascinating to watch and learn about the, the, you know, maybe what happened on the back end of it, you know, five to 10 years from now is an interesting um, story. But um, wanted to wrap up. Uh, always fun. I'm glad we got the chance to talk about the market again. So uh, give everyone a chance to say goodbye. Any final thoughts, Kevin? I just wanted to chime in on that what we were just talking about real quick before we go, Ryan, and that that's kind of that that whole idea that um, you know McDonald's isn't in the business of selling cheeseburgers. McDonald's is in the business of renting real estate to people that are franchisees that sell cheeseburgers. So McDonald's really is a real estate company. Uh, these big players in Michigan, they aren't they aren't marijuana businesses. What they are is they're businesses that are trying to build up for a potential sale to another company. So they're not in marijuana. They're in real estate. They're in business development, and I think that that. You know, we've always talked about the connectivity to the marijuana, to the plant, to the love of the plant. And if you don't have that, it's going to eventually shine and show through. And we've always talked about the cream rising to the top. And I think that's that's bound to happen sooner than later. But, um, you know, hey, Kyle and Chris, I really appreciate you guys coming on the show today. Um, it's always fun talking to you guys. You guys are smart as shit when it comes to this stuff. And it's always so informative for us to hear it. And uh, so thank you uh, for coming on and, and being so open about the things that you guys see. Yeah, thanks. Thanks so much, Kevin. And I think you nailed it on the head there yep. with the business development. That That is yep. where Chad was born. That's, yep. Chad. that's what a chat is. Yep. That's Chad's oh, place. Oh, gets yep. tied together. Exactly. <laughs> nice. Yep. How do you follow that, right? Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, guys. Always great to talk to you. I can't wait for Chad Watch. Yeah. Happy to participate in any way. And awesome. uh, it's, it's, a, it's like a side, it's a sport for us, too. So. Heck yeah. yeah. Love seeing well, you guys. Nothing but the best. Too, man. Might have your first sponsor there. Uh, Chris, uh, any final thoughts? <laughs> uh, yeah, just thanks so much for having us on the show and everybody for all of the great advocacy and work everybody's done. Um, yeah, and just following up on ev everything everybody said, like that's what the deal is, is most of the people in this industry right now, it is a cash grab. They are here with their hands out and they're trying to just extract money from the community that has built this fucking industry for them to even walk into. And like, it's really important that everybody get on the same page and uh, we're just really grateful for all of you guys that are on the same page and trying to do the same thing and we're just really looking forward to, to telling about these chads you know absolutely <laughs> hey, Kyle any final final words for us Anything yeah I just 
thanks so much for having me. You know, uh, I thank you so much for supporting Easton Craft since the beginning. Uh, both you and Tom, you know, Tom, uh, when we first started the cultivation, man, we had so many questions and Tom was an open book to us, gave us a tour of his in Kalkaska. Uh, yeah. And so I just, I appreciate everyone in this community and uh, it's been, it's been a wild ride and I've, I'm excited to see what comes from here out. Uh, yep. Thanks for coming on guys. And uh, we'll, we'll have you back uh, maybe uh, after a couple of Chad watch episodes, you can tell us how nice. it's going and the challenges you're, you're facing and, and all that. But yep. I think uh, it was a great show. I love talking about the market and um, like I said, we're going to keep doing this and, and we'll do another one when we do come out of this. And it, I think we will have an uptick. Uh, so if you're listening out there, hold on for dear life and then make it to make it to spring. Um, with that, we'll see you next week. The Smoke and Rope Podcast is produced and hosted by me, Ryan Basor, the owner of Redemption Cannabis. Have ideas for episode topics or would like to be a guest on the show? Contact us at RyanB at RedemptionCanna.com. Thanks for being along for the journey.